All right, everybody, welcome back to the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast. You've got me, Lane, back. We're doing the NBA special. Um, I'm not alone this week. Uh, Jordan is off. We're taking, like we said last week, a couple, couple weeks off to uh, just kind of regroup, enjoy the holiday season. But who I do have with me is my special guest, Alec, with Watershed Voice. Welcome aboard, Alec. Hey, Lane, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. No, man, uh, no problem at all. Thanks for, for agreeing to come on. Um, Alex, extremely knowledgeable in all things NBA, so it seemed like a perfect fit to bring you on this week. So I'm, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, so am I. And I mean, this means I get to gush a little bit more about Luka Doncic in public. So I'm set, man. I, I think that might be a spoiler for, I think, maybe both of us in a little bit. So. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a taste. Lane. It's, a taste. it's a taste. We're giving them a little, you know, we're, we're giving the people what they want. Exactly. Lane, so. we're, we're salt baying a little clues in here and <laughs> we're getting you guys ready to roll. Um, you know, but before we really roll, uh, if you guys haven't yet, uh, make sure you check us out on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spartan Wolverines and Beards podcast. And as well as that, if you have not yet, make sure you check out the Watershed Voice. And Alec, with you being the chief editor um, as Watershed Voice, could you uh, give us a little bit of a rundown um, about Watershed Voice and what you guys are all about? Oh, sure. Yeah, Uh, we are a uh, local uh, news organization. We are an independent community news organization based here in Three Rivers. Uh, We cover... We're covering currently St. Joseph County and some Kalamazoo, but what we'd like to do is expand uh, to the whole Southwest Michigan. Um, And we want to do that through, you know, the help of our neighbors. Uh, For example, my friend Lane has been doing a podcast for a long time. Um, I liked what it offered and I asked him to come aboard. And we'd like to do the same thing for people in Marcellus and, you know, in Portage and wherever um, around Southwest Michigan, and basically just give your home, give your place, give your community and the people in it uh, a voice. And Watershed Voice is all about um, shining a light on what makes our community great. And that can mean many different things for many different people. And we just want to make sure that everyone has that platform to do so because I think a lot of times, um, especially in current mass media, a lot of local newspapers are um, shuttering their doors. And by that, I mean community newspapers. Uh, The Three Rivers Commercial News, which I was the managing editor of for three years, a staff writer for a fourth, they went down in January to two days a week um, from six. And I was downsized because of that. And the reason I started this whole thing was to try to avoid that from ever happening in the future. I think every community deserves a local uh, news publication that isn't afraid or, you know, is interested in what's actually going on here and cares about it. I live here. I work here. um, I'm married. We own a house. um, We're, we're stuck in three rivers and in a good way. You know what I mean? Right. So, that's basically the gist of it. You know, and, and just to really reiterate that, Alec, you know, it's we, Jordan and I, are very excited to be a part of the Watershed Voice. Um, we 
are very passionate about this community. And I think if our listeners, if you are passionate about like our community, this is one heck of an outlet to check out. Um, I enjoy reading the articles, the, just all the different podcasts. Um, it's really good stuff. And I think if it's really worth a look and it's definitely something we believe in. No, absolutely. 100%. And I mean, the point is like, you know, anybody can, can contribute to this. And if you're not a strong writer, but you have a story to tell, we'll help you. Um, if you don't have access to certain equipment or, you know, resources, we'll do what we can to make sure that you have access to those things, even if it's for a short period of time. Um, again, we're all about the community and everyone in it. Um, not just the people like me with a journalism degree, you know what I mean? So, um, Watershed Voice is literally a community-supported uh, news organization. So we need all the help we can get. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you guys have not yet, make sure you do check out Watershed Voice uh, on all the social media platforms that I've already named, as well as watershedvoice.com. Uh, some great, like I said, great information in there. And get some subscriptions. It's good stuff. Um, so with that... I think Alec and I are ready to roll and to talk some uh, some basketball here, some NBA uh, tip off tomorrow night, uh, seventy two game season. But before we jump into everybody else, let's uh, let's talk some uh, Detroit Pistons this year. And oh yeah, you sure? <laughs> you sure you want to do that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, Detroit this year coming off a 20 and 46 record, um, seventh pick in the NBA draft this past shoot past October, odd enough to say, um, picked up Killian Danes at seven or Killian Hayes, excuse me, Killian Hayes at seven, as well as Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart. So some nice young names there, um, Coming off, let me see here, got on my notes, got coming off um, Troy Weaver, coming off a really big offseason for Detroit. Actually, kind of uncharacteristically busy, I would I would say, for the Pistons. Uh, Troy went pretty big on bigs, I guess, if you want to say that. Uh, picking up uh, Mason Plumley, Jalil Okafor, among others. Uh, Jeremy Grant, which is a signing I like. I don't know about you, Alec. Um I think I think he's the best one of the bunch. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's I think he's definitely somebody that could ju- uh, jump in at the three for us and really kind of spread us out a little bit. Um, also, with the and I think he'll ro- I think he'll rotate between the three and the four. Yeah, I do too. I think you're yeah. going to see Seku and him kind of bouncing back and forth as the year goes on. Um, also with the Pistons this year, only four players actually from last year's squad returning, which includes Derek Rose, Seku. Uh, I'm just going to say Spy because I'm going to murder his last name. <laughs> and uh, Blake The Griffin, shooter. The shooter, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got Blake coming back. Um, most notably, uh, lost Christian Wood, which – for Pistons faithful was a huge loss to the Houston Rockets. Very good player. Exactly. Really kind of past season or two kind of came out of nowhere and really has kind of paved the way for just a great all around player for Detroit. Absolutely. And uh, you know, if things weren't so messed up at Houston, um, I would say that, you know, he's going to have 
a tremendous season. And maybe he will because they're so messed up. Uh, you know, because outside of James Harden, who might not even be there by season's end, uh, you know, he's he's one of the best players they have now. Now that yeah. Russell Westbrook's out. And you never know with John Wall. We don't know. I really, really hope that, you know, we get to see the John Wall of old because, man, there wasn't a faster guy in the league when he was where he was. So we'll have to see on that. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be an interesting combo, too. You're getting Houston back with Boogie Cousins, and you got the John Wall Boogie connection coming back. So that's that's going to be fun to see. Um, so I guess with the, with the Pistons, Alec, I'm just going to kind of go over what, if you had an expectation for this team this season, what would you what would you say for Detroit? Well, uh, I think this season will be about watching four players, three of which you've already named: uh, Hayes, Stewart, and Bay, and then Josh Jackson, uh, formerly of the Memphis Grizzlies and drafted by the Phoenix Suns. He's a top five pick who hasn't really panned out, but he's shown flashes of you know having the kind of skill set to be a three and D player. He can be a very good defender. And if he can show some consistency from range, I think he will be a nice addition to the rotation. He is not a franchise cornerstone by any means. Um, And I think the only guy on this list that actually has that potential um, is Hayes. I think Hayes could be the point guard of the future. Uh, But as far as expectations for the season go, zero to none. Um, the year is all about player development and trying to land a top three pick in next year's draft to pair with, uh, Hayes, as I mentioned before. Sure. As we said, the Pistons brought in Mason Plumlee and Grant, both reliable rotation players. Again, neither of them franchise cornerstones, but they're definitely, they definitely be in the top eight, top nine rotation. Um, but they got rid of Luke Kennard and Christian Wood in part so Stewart and Bay could have the playing time they needed to develop. We spoke about Blake Griffin. I expect Blake to be the speculation of trade rumors leading right up to the deadline, especially with Giannis off the board and free agency next year, coupled with all of these teams who were saving their cap space for a run at Giannis, which, let's be honest, uh, if anybody even had a shot at him, it was maybe two or three teams, including the Bucks. So, you know, that pipe dream... Uh, burst that pipe burst yeah so so we'll have all these these guys uh or all these teams rather who can't compete for the top tier free agents remaining in 2021 which is still going to be a nice class but they might take a flyer on a guy who could be a quality 18 and 8 guy on a contender so you know if he's your third option if Blake Griffin even at that money is your third option um you know you're going to win some games. So we'll see how that pans out, but I don't think there's going to be anything about this team that is going to be exciting beyond seeing the young guys develop, um, which I think Casey has shown uh, that he can do that. Uh, He can develop guys who you may not necessarily think are, you know, these elite players Uh, before Nick nurse showed up in Toronto uh, he had them competing every year. So yeah, he did. Yes, yeah, he did. I mean, and I mean, and that was pre Kawhi. That was pre all of that. So I mean, that's 
it's a good team and a good coach. Um, you know, I, I agree entirely with you. Um, I think this year there's, for me, there's, there's no real clear cut expectation. Um, I think you're going to watch some games and you're going to be absolutely just blown away by the talent that you're going to watch. And you're going to see, I think Killian Hayes is definitely the future of our franchise. Um, I think he was a steal, uh, at seven. Um, but then I think you're going to have other games you're going to watch and you're going to be absolutely just like bewildered by how lost they look and just, just all the growing pains we're about to experience here in Detroit basketball. Um, and like you said with Blake, yeah, I think if you're looking for a guy that needs to be, or is going to get traded to a team that's kind of making that last minute push needs that third scoring option. I mean, it, I don't know what the cap situation would be like, but that kind of, to me, feels like a Brooklyn kind of situation. Uh, pair, pair up with KD and Kyrie could be a pretty exciting team to see him soar like Brooklyn, which at this point in his career, um, I very much feel like he needs to be given, or not given, but given uh, traded to a contending team. So, Yeah, I hope they just don't ship him off to, like, New York, mm-hmm. who has the cap space and just needs, like – somebody to be excited about. I will talk about what they should be excited about later when we talk about our rookie of the year candidates, because I think they got one. Um, But other than that, outside of that, I mean, they do love power forwards. They love them. They They do sign a bunch of them. I mean, they got rid of some of them this off season, but man, do they love power forwards? And and you know, the thing is, even with those power forwards, Alec, I mean, they're young. I mean, if you you look at this team from top to bottom, I mean, you you can't really ask for better, I would say, senior leadership and D. Rose and Blake. And really, those two guys have been through the absolute best and worst that the NBA can bring to you. Um, And just the youth on this team. I mean, even Josh Jackson, I believe, is like 23, 24 Oh yeah, this is this is his third team since he came into the NBA, and I'm pretty sure he got drafted in like 18. So, yeah. I mean, this is like his third team in like three years, um, three or four years. So, yeah. And, and, and if go ahead. Well, I think I like we said before. I think Casey has a track record. Uh, Dwayne Casey, I'm speaking of. Um, I think he has a track record of helping people rejuvenate their careers. And I think it, I think it, uh, you know, goes beyond Toronto. I mean, look at what Derek Rose has done in Detroit and Blake Griffin in Detroit. Like just a, just a few years ago, people were looking at Blake Griffin, like, well, after he lost some of that athleticism with his injuries, like he's just not the same guy, but Blake Griffin is absolutely a skilled basketball player. And I think in the right, you know, opportunity in the right environment, uh, he could still, have a good back end of his career. Um, he's no longer, I don't think he's a number one anymore. Um, he's Detroit's number one. That's certainly true. Uh, but I think that says more about the state of the team rather than his standing in the league. Exactly. So. No. Yeah. I, I agree with you, man. Um, let's see here. Do you have any more, uh, do you have any more thoughts on the Pistons expectations or do you want to, do you want to start rolling into the the rest of the league and start talking some MVP candidates and all that fun stuff? I will just say this. If they're not like a top five pick next year and preferably in the top three. And again, I'm not a Pistons fan, just so we're clear on that. 
Um, but if they don't get there, like, I mean, what's the point? Like, I'm not saying that they should tank by any means. I don't believe in that. I'm an Indiana Pacers fan. Indiana doesn't know how to tank. Indiana doesn't know how to not make the playoffs almost at all. So, but what I'm saying is for Detroit, they have an opportunity here. Um, and we'll see whose farm system they're going to be by the end of the year. But I think some players will move. Mm-hmm. And that could be Rose. That could be Griffin. That could be a lot of guys. So we'll see what happens. I like it, man. I like yep. it. All right. So uh, with that, let us. Uh, we're going to roll in, like I said, the rest of the NBA, and we're going to we're going to lead off. We're going to go big, and we're going to talk about our three MVP candidates for this season. I want to hear yours first. All right, all right, all right, all right. So I, I came up with three big names. I came up with the three big ones, and I, I always do it, but I went two dark horses just to kind of throw out there. Um, I guess the first one is, it's an obvious one, it's uh, Giannis. Um, I mean... Probability what, what, says. Right, probability <laughs> says. I mean, he, he's probably going to get it again this year. Um, just what more can you say about the Greek freak? I mean, he is exactly what you want in today's NBA. Uh, he can play at, any, at dang near seven feet, any position on the floor. Um, and I think with Milwaukee getting Drew Holiday this year and kind of shuffling that roster a little bit, I think uh, I think he's going to have another big year coming off this just absolutely monstrous fi- uh, five-year 2.2 or 22.2 or $228 million extension. Even though and he's underpaid at that. Yeah, exactly. And he's underpaid at that. I mean, if he would have if he would have hit the market and Milwaukee would have let him walk, you probably would have seen a quarter of a billion dollar contract. Well, I, the thing is, they can offer him more money than anybody else. They can. But I think with the NBA, the way that it's set up and it's always been set up. And that's why you saw what happened to Michael Jordan in the 90s. Like he made all of his money off the court. Until like his last two years of the Bulls when he was making like 25 to 30 million a year. Um, the amount of money and people that, you know, invest in the organization, the Bucks, the reason the Bucks are relevant. Do you remember the last time the Bucks were relevant before Giannis? Nope. What? <laughs> Michael was Red, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Michael Red, maybe, but I would say more like Ray Allen and yeah. Gary Payton. Yeah. Um, you know, back there. And then before that, you're talking Glenn Robinson and then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, come on. Uh, Oscar Robertson, if I didn't mention him, like, you know, people would freak. But right. uh, yeah, so I'm in agreement. But continue. All right. All right. So the next one here, um, it's another one. Not a big surprise. Uh, it's going to be LeBron. Um, it. There's not much more to say about him. He continues to play at the highest level at his age, even. I believe he's 36 or 37, I believe now. He's 35 going on 36. Okay, 35 going on six and still playing at an absolute elite level. Um, With the LA Lakers defending NBA champs, I mean, it, it very much feels like he is, I mean, he is the epitome of the NBA and he is the clear cut. He's the face. Yeah, he's the face. And I mean, and there's there's no better person to be playing in L.A. than LeBron James right now. Um, so I guess I'm going to go with my third one. And we, we salt bait it a little bit. And I'm going to go Luka Doncic. 
I Can think- I just say something really quick before you go into this? Yeah. My top three MVP candidates in this order. Giannis, LeBron, Luca. Nice. Uh, we are on the same page. Literally. Great minds, man. Great yeah, minds. Yeah. So go ahead, Luca. I want to hear you brag about my favorite player. Go ahead. You know, and actually I was gonna agree, Luca is quickly becoming uh my favorite player as well. I mean, you, you watch what everything he did in the NBA bubble, um, coming off that long layoff, and I mean that dude is he's incredible. I mean, the he is exactly when you you see a, Europe, a European talent get drafted and you hear the broadcasters and the scouts and all that say, you know, he's he's going to transform the NBA. Like, Luca is doing that. He is, I mean, he is light years above his peers at his age. And I think if you see a, a Dallas team come out with Chris Stapps and all their pieces and put it together on the court. I really do think you see a shot at him winning the uh, the MVP this year. At I think he's twenty one, maybe. I think he's gonna be twenty two, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't is, matter. It doesn't matter. He's in his early twenties, and he's one of the top five, top ten at the very bottom floor. Um, I really think he's a top five player in the NBA right now. I would put him at like fifth. Um, and that's only because I don't want to show my bias. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but I agree with you. So before you get into your dark horses though, like realistically, what do you think? Because we already know Giannis and LeBron are going to be there. Like, you know, and we haven't gotten to our picks yet, but I mean, they both finished atop their respective conferences last year. Uh, Giannis won for the second year in a row. LeBron, somehow, I mean, he should have had way more than he has right now, but voter fatigue, whatever you want to call it. What does Luca? what does Luca and what does Dallas have to do? Where does Dallas have to finish in order for Luca to be a real MVP candidate? Not just third or fourth place, but the guy. How many games do they have to win? actual games to win it's i would say they have to win at least 50 oh i would say 60 yeah i would say they have to win 60 um and we'll see when porzingis comes back from his offseason surgery and all that stuff but um the fact that they added josh richardson Mm -hmm. i mean listen everyone likes seth curry seth curry is a great guy he's a fun basketball player to watch but you know, you need someone to play defense next to Luca because mm-hmm. Luca is, you know, basically. I mean, he's not a sieve by any means, but he's not Josh Richardson. Um, and the fact that they got a premier perimeter defender and a guy who can knock down thirty-five to forty percent of his, you know, uh, threes, I think they're in a pretty good spot. But yeah, so I, I agree. Dark horses. All right, so my my dark horse is here. So I've got two, and I I really just it's a shame because I've thought of a third while I'm here. My first one is uh Kevin Durant, obviously, uh, coming off that Achilles injury. Um, I think if he can make Brooklyn and pretty relevant with Kyrie, I I do think you see a a charge on the MVP front for him. Um, another one who really took over the bubble was Dame Lillard. I think he is monstrously underrated in the today's NBA. 
Um, that dude, if it wasn't for him, I mean, and if if you look at the MVP, it's the most valuable player. I think if you take Dame Lillard away from Portland, easily a bottom five team. Easily. Um, well, I would say they would try to compete for the ninth or tenth spot in the in they definitely be like the you know outside the playoffs looking mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a lot of talent on this roster, but Dame is definitely the engine. Like, yeah. no question. Yeah, he, he is what makes that makes that team go. Um, and then I'm just going to throw out the last one. Um, it's going to be Steph this year. Steph Curry. She, you know what? For the rest of these things, I'm going first. All right, because, all right. Because my top two dark horses were Kevin Durant and Steph Curry in that order. That's awesome. Um, and you threw in Dame, and I love Dame. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought the same thing. And the reason Steph Curry could be is because without Klay Thompson, um, I still think they're a playoff team. But if somehow they get to the fifth seed or higher, which I think is going to be difficult, but if they do, it'll be because, you know, Stephen Curry is playing out of his mind. And – you know, he's healthy, and I've seen him in preseason already. He looks great, and they have some wings that can play. Andrew Wiggins is by no means, you know, um, you know, all NBA or anything like that, but he's a really good scorer, like a top 20 scorer in the NBA. Uh, and Oubre is, is fantastic as well. And then you throw in the fact that they added James Wiseman in the draft, a team that was this loaded, and you still have Draymond Green there. You know, I mean, they could make some noise if they, if you know, Steve Kerr can put it all together. Which Steve Kerr, in my mind, is the best coach in the NBA. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, man. I think if if they can somehow put it together, and like you said, if Golden State can sneak up to a four or even a three seed. I think that's Steph, Steph's award to win if he can stay healthy. Now, granted, all this stuff can go out the window uh, with COVID and, and all that stuff. Um, if injuries happen, all this can go out the window. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Golden State, for a team that's already loaded and has already went healthy, a cheat code in the NBA, um, man, it sure doesn't feel like to me that they're a cheat code, especially picking up Wiseman. Now, we don't, we don't know what Wiseman's going to look like through the stretch of an NBA season. Um, but man, that golden state could be golden state could be dangerous this season. Well, yeah. And I think, I think they will be a tough out. Um, mm-hmm. and I do think they'll make the playoffs. If Steph Curry can stay healthy, if they have Steph, they're not going to be tanking this year. Like they did last year when clay went down and Steph went down for a long period. And then they went, Hey, Let's throw Steph back out there. Just see what he does. And then he comes back and kills it. And then all of a sudden we have COVID and the season gets killed. Um, you know, and therefore the Warriors were done. Yeah. So absolutely. So the rookie of the year candidates. I'm gonna let you go first, man, since since we're we're thinking along the same lines here. I want to see if we're we're gonna keep keep this trend going. Okay. I think this one might be the one where no, I'm kidding. Like we know who the top rookies are. Um, I'm cheating here, uh, but I already know that it's because the host cheated first. So um, you asked for three rookie of the year candidates. I have four and one dark horse. Okay. So 
my four, um, and again, this is in no particular order, these four. James Wiseman for Golden State, who is my favorite rookie. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he pans out. Obviously, he had a, li- a very, very limited run in college, but I think, but I think the talent is absolutely there. Um, Lamelo Ball, of course, in Charlotte, and the thing about Lamelo Ball is he's going to get a lot of run, a lot of run. So you know, if somehow Charlotte does anything, like you know, looks even not even markedly better, just slightly better. He's got a shot at this thing. Um, Obi Toppin for the Knicks. He is my, he is my, like, he's the guy that I think could absolutely excel. I mean, he actually like stayed in college and he's got a pedigree um, and he's just an excellent basketball player. And I think he will absolutely relish playing in New York. And, you know, I mean, the NBA is just better when the Knicks are interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just the way it is. So if he can bring them even a little bit of, you know, charisma and flash, um, I think, you know, he's got a real shot at this ward. Then of course, Anthony Edwards, the first overall pick, um, as we all know, this was not the slam dunk draft, um, that previous years have provided, but I think those four, my dark horse, do you want me to do my dark horse or do you want to go first? You know, I'll, I'll go first. Um, and then I'll let you do your dark horses and I'll do mine. I've got four rookie of the year candidates. I cheated and two dark horses also cheated. Um, first one, LaMelo Ball. And like we said, not in any order. Uh, I've got LaMelo Ball from Charlotte. I think what you're seeing him already do in preseason, he's already showing why he was drafted three, maybe even should have been drafted two or one. Um, I just think in that system, he's going to excel with a very youthful, exciting, flashy Hornets team. Um, James Wiseman, obviously with Golden State, you and I have already really talked quite a bit about him. I think he opens up a realm of offense that we haven't seen from Golden State yet. Um, they've they really haven't had that just sit in the middle five player and just get boards for us. And I think Wiseman, if healthy um, and if developed correctly, will be that guy for them. Right. Not since Andrew Bogut, like back at the very beginning of this run. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I've got Killian Hayes from Detroit. Um, he's he's uh, one of my dark horses, by the way. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I think we're seeing everything about him that's saying that he was a absolute steal for the Pistons at seven. Um, and I think he's going to make a lot of teams regret him falling that far. Um, and then my fourth, you've already said it as well. Um, I'm also a Knicks fan. So Obi Toppin, uh, for me, I was excited about. Very flashy. He's got the pedigree, like you said, and I think he's going to bring a level of excitement to to the Garden that teams haven't had no that that team hasn't had in a while. Um, I think you partner him with R.J. Barrett now. Kevin Knox, I think, is done uh, in New York. I would personally get rid of Kevin Knox, but that's me. I but don't I think, believe in Barrett yet either. So no, really, I don't. I okay. don't. Okay. You got to get a jumper first in a league that's all about three pointers. I'm just saying, true. like, true. he's not, he's not Giannis. Giannis can get away with it because he's a defensive juggernaut 
and you can't stop him from getting to the rim. So it doesn't matter. But Barrett is no law, like nowhere near the physical specimen. I do think Barrett has a lot, you know, a lot to like, but he needs to, he needs to put together a more cohesive game um, and complete game. If he's going to, you know, get where I think people expected him to be. What was he? The second or third overall pick? Second. Second. So, I mean, listen, man, you go after, uh, you know, Zion, like people are like, Hey, how big is the gap? And the answer is the gap is freaking huge. Um, so that's just my opinion. Now we could listen to this 10 years from now and be like, well, Zion burned out and Barrett's, you know, King of the league, but I doubt it. You know, I, you know, that's fair. Um, and you know, with the Knicks, you wonder how much of that is just due to all the coaching turnover and this yeah. constant turmoil. I think Tom Thibodeau is going to be a good coach for that that youth on that team. Um, now, whether or not it's the Tom Thibodeau of the Chicago Bulls or the Minnesota Timberwolves, it depends on which one you're going to get. Um, so then, with that, I've got my four top candidates. Let's go ahead and uh, let's hear your dark horses. Who you got? I think. I think really what it's, and I think I just have one really, and that's and that's Hayes, who could sneak into the race if the Pistons decide to make a run at the eighth seed, which would be very Pistony. Like they just they just seem to like, hey man, if we get into the playoffs, like no, don't think about revenue because you're gonna get two games because you're gonna get swept. Um, you'll get two games, and. It would serve zero purpose whatsoever. So we'll see. Um, no, I'm with you, man. I, it's built through the lottery. When you're not a big market team, yep. Detroit is not a big market team. I know Detroit's a city, a big city, but it's not New York. And again, it doesn't matter as much now if you can draft the right guys. Look at Giannis. Milwaukee is not a big market. You know, Oklahoma City had three future MVP uh, winners. So it can be done, but you know how it's done. It's done through the draft and it's done through the top of the draft. Mm-hmm. And if you're 14th or 11th, like the Pacers always seem to be, you have to have a really good scouting department like the Pacers have. And unlike the Pistons have had in the past. So we'll see. Uh, although I think, I think Weaver's trending in that direction. Like, I think, I think he's going to go for that. Like this is about development. No, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Um, I, there's my two candidates. Um, actually, there's somebody we haven't named, two of the guys we haven't named yet. Uh, Precious Achua going to the Miami Heat. I think if you see the Heat perform at the level you saw them perform at in the bubble um, and really kind of be a wrecking ball to the Eastern Conference, I think you could see some some rookie of the year chatter for him. Uh playing out of that three, four position. Um, I could see him doing some damage in the Eastern conference this year. Um, and then my next one and my final dark horse is a uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, from oh, Sacramento. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I, Jordan and I, we've, we've kind of disagreed on this. Tyrese really can't shoot that well, but I think defensively and just the playmaking ability, I think he could do some damage out in Sacramento, Sacramento this year. Right. Well, and I think I think if you're paired with, I think Draymond Green in previous years called the Kings the fastest team he's ever played against in his entire career. So if you're running a lot, 
and you're on fast break all the time and you're in transition all the time, shooting isn't as important because there are more lanes to the rim. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But Sacramento doesn't get a lot of love as far as, uh, you know, uh, from anybody, I guess. I do love De'Aaron Fox. Like, he's one of my top five favorite players. Mm -hmm. He's right up there with Luka. Um, But Bagley's got to stay healthy. um, So we'll see on that. Uh, As far as the teams that will surprise, um, I have two as requested. Uh, I did not cheat, uh, mainly because I have plenty to say about these two teams. So I think the Atlanta Hawks are going to be better than most people think. Last year, they weren't good, like, at all. Um, They were entertaining on offense but were young and had a lot of struggles on defense. They added Clint Capella, who will anchor a Hawks defense that should be much improved in 2021, although nowhere near elite. They'll be middle of the road road or lower. Um, Capella is a serviceable rim protector, a formidable rebounder, and a lob threat on offense. Then this offseason, a team with a young star and Trey Young and the likes of Kevin Herter, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish already in the fold added Danilo Gallinari, Rajon Rondo for his, you know, veteran uh, savvy, and Bogdan Bogdanovich after uh, the Bucks traded for a guy who didn't even agree to be traded um, as a restricted free agent. So, and then in addition to that, they acquired Chris Dunn who will be a very serviceable backup point guard. Um, Solomon Hill, which gives them um, shooting and defense at the three and the four position. Uh, And Tony Snell, who again is a D and three guy. Those guys round out the rotation. I could see Atlanta sneaking to the playoffs and finishing as high as sixth in the East. Um, I think with the talent they have in this roster, while there are some, while I do have some concerns about potential injuries, I think I think this team has too much talent to not at least sniff the playoffs this year. They won't be nearly as bad as they were last year, and I could easily see like a fifteen to twenty game improvement as far as wins go. Uh, the other team, of course, um, the Indiana Pacers are admittedly <laughs> my favorite team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can say this without hesitation: they will be better this season. The roster is pretty much exactly the same, but they got a new coach, also named Nate, by the way. But uh, unlike Nate McMillan, Nate, and you ready for this? I'm going to say this absolutely correctly. Bjorkgren isn't in favor uh, of a conventional prodding offense, and instead we'll have the Pacers playing pace and space, four and one basketball, with Sabonis in the paint and Miles Turner on the perimeter with the green light to shoot from three. We'll see how well that project goes. I think if anything, um, either one Turner shows that absolutely like he can do that. I don't know if he can play out on the perimeter defensively. I don't know. Um, But because he's an excellent uh, rim protector, but Sabonis can't play out on the perimeter either um, as far as defense goes. But what I will say is, um, Nate should also be creative defensively after working with Raptors coach Nick Nurse for so many years. Um, very, very, very creative on the defensive end. Um, you know, 
playing zone, which would have been unheard of like five years ago. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the Pacers as, you know, as themselves are going to benefit from a coach that's not as, um, let's say old school and also kind of a, kind of a drill sergeant. Um, you know, Nate McMillan is a tremendous coach, but you know, the league may have passed him by because, um, the game is completely different. As you said, uh, prior, like it's, it's went through so many formations in the last 15 years. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the Pacers are always one of those teams too. Like, like you've, we've talked about, or they're, they're just, they're always there. Like it, they may not be the top tier, but they're always there and they're always competing and they're always gritty. And I, and I'm a big Victor Oladipo fan. So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens down at Indy this season. Yeah. And it'll also depend on, is he going to stay there? Is he going to sign an extension is, you know, are the, are the rumors true? Did fat Joe uh, break the news that Vic is out? Um, Which that was another ridiculous thing. You don't ever expect fat Joe to reveal any information about anyone, let alone an Indiana Pacer player. Right. So um, that's cool. So who are your, (laughs) so who are your two? You have two, right? Two. Two. I, I played fair, but one of them's kind of a cheat. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So the first one for me, um, I think they'll still surprise is the Toronto Raptors. Um, I think Nick Nurse is one hell of a coach. Um, and I think even though they've lost both Marcus Hall and Serge Ibaka, um, they did retain Fred Van Liet, which is huge for them. Great playmaker. He's um, also my top five favorite players, by the way. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so far have basically three point guards that you know of. Um, my other guy is also on the Raptors. Pascal Siakam is one of my favorite players. So that's four. We'll have to, by the end of the podcast, you'll have to guess who the fifth is, but go ahead. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, with, with the Raptors, I mean, they've, they've picked up Aaron Baines, who is a very athletic, big, um, as well as resigned Chris Boucher. Um, they're not, I mean, they changed, but they didn't change. And I feel like with a Nick Nurse-led team, they're always going to compete. I, I kind of feel like they're an Indiana Pacers-type team. They're, I mean, we they won two years ago with, with Kawhi, and Kawhi left. We all know that. But they're always competing at a very high level. And as long as they've got Kyle Lowry, I feel like kind of leading the charge, they're going to be a good team. And I think well, they're they going to be going in the East last year. So, I yeah, mean, you exactly. know. Exactly. And and I think when you when anytime you lose two bigs like Serge and Marcus All, um, there's going to be a lot of questions about your team. Yep. And losing those two, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make because you got Chris Boucher now going to kind of pick up some more minutes. And you've already alluded to him, Pascal Siakam, who's an absolute stud, uh, is going to also lead the way for that team. So I don't I don't see that big of a drop off for them. Um, and then the second team uh, for me, which was another team that was super hot in the bubble, uh, was the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, with them picking up CP3, uh, if you we, we talked about it earlier about the MVP being the most valuable player. If you take CP3 out of Oklahoma City last year, there's no way they sniff the playoffs. No, not at all. Not at all. And I think you put that veteran leadership to replace a Ricky Rubio into that offense, you're going to see a lot more fluid uh, movements between DeAndre Ayton, Corey Booker, or not Corey Booker, Devin Booker, 
and NCP3. I think it's going to be it's going to be not the senator, Lane. Not the senator. I swear to God, I haven't been drinking. <laughs> well, I have, and I'm and I'm good. You're sharp, man. <laughs> um, but no, with with Devi, Devin Booker, I I feel like the the Suns are going to be a a surprising team this year. Which spoiler for me, you'll probably hear about them here in a little bit. Um, so with that, we're going to do two teams that'll disappoint this season. Did you stick to two? I stuck to two. Absolutely. Perfect. So did this, I. This was rough for me because there are a lot of teams where I think you're like, they're either, they could be in either category. Like I think the 76ers could be a surprise team. I also think the 76ers could be a major disappointment. Um, you know, listen, you throw some shooters around, around Simmons and Embiid, and then you add Doc Rivers as their coach, like they're going to be in the playoffs. I, they're going to be in the playoffs. No question. And I think they could do much, much better than that, but it could also all fall apart because again, this is the modern NBA. And when your two best players aren't one is not very consistent in Embiid from the three point line. And then the other one is non-existent. The only threes he takes are from half court when the buzzer's going off. Um, so for me, the, the two teams that I looked at are teams that I think um, will either kind of like, they won't take that next step of progress or they won't ever reach what people thought that they were going to reach um, that level. Um, the first one may surprise you because they were the darling of the NBA last year. Um, and I'm a big fan of John Morant. Um, but I think Memphis could take a step back this year as the Western conference is fickle and is especially tough on young teams with the addition of Chris Paul to the Suns, The Grizz could be the odd man out for the last playoff spot in a deep Western conference. So I think, I think, you know, Jackson and Morant are going to continue to grow and blossom. Um, and I think they have a lot of talent on that roster and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, made the eighth or seventh seed. I wouldn't be shocked, but I also don't expect them to get out of the first round. Um, so I think they may take a slight step back. My other team is a team that I think a lot of people were disappointed in last year um, for a number of reasons. One, everyone thought that they were going to be a juggernaut at the very beginning. There were people talking about how they were going to be a super team. And you might be thinking that I'm talking about the LA Clippers, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm talking about the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz added Mike Conley and, you know, their roster looks stacked. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is one of the best players in the NBA. Rudy Gobert is, you know, a multiple defensive player of the year um, candidate. And, um, you know, they blocked both of them up um, this offseason. But, I mean, obviously the other reason that they're disappointed is basically Rudy Gobert basically almost single-handedly shut down the league. So, um, <laughs> yeah, don't talk, don't touch mics when you, when you're yeah. talking about COVID, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. It's just a bad look. So they locked up those two, but I'm not sure about the rest of the roster. The team was slated to be a contender last year, but I think they'll likely finish about where they finished last season, um, around sixth in the West, if not lower. Um, 
In a league where offense is king and creativity is rewarded, the Jazz play a rigid, albeit somewhat effective brand of basketball that I'm not sure translates into deep playoff runs. Quinn Snyder is an excellent coach, one of the best. And, you know, they take these polls every year to say, like, you know, what coach would you play for? And somehow he's always in the top five because everyone wants to play for him because he maximizes your value and your skill set. The issue is it's Utah and no one wants to play there. Um, Unless your name's Stockton or Malone, um, you don't stay there for very long. That's like your first step and then you go somewhere else. Um, Hopefully Donovan Mitchell sticks around because I think he's great for the league and he's great for Utah. And the Jazz is a class act organization. Um, So, but we'll need to see more from Mike Conley and other rotational players before this team can take things to the next level. And by that, I mean the second round. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so we'll just have to see. All right. I like it. You know, and I was on last year when we, we did this preview, I was really high on the Jazz um, as well um, with all the acquisitions they had made. Play back and the I, tape. Play back hmm? the tape yeah. right here. This part. Edit it. Play it back. I can do that. I can do that. I can figure out how to splice some stuff in there. Um, but no, I, I, I feel like um, I agree with you on Utah. Uh, they're not on my list, but I, I definitely see it. It's feasible. Um, one team that you did lead off, though, with was the 76ers. I think that's a team that is going to disappoint. I think you're you're starting to see kind of their core nucleus not work together uh, between Embiid and Simmons. Um the personalities aren't meshing. Simmons is more of a quiet guy and beads the, the loud brash going to talk a bunch of trash. And like you said, in today's NBA, they they're defenders in a shooters league. And I mean, you have doc rivers on that team and doc rivers is one of the best coaches in the league. Um, one of the best coaches of this generation. Um, but man, I, each year you see Philly and you see what they have and you say to yourself, when are they going to take that step? And I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to have to ship one of those players out and almost start another rebuild and just build around this one of the youthful core. So, I mean, it's for me, Philly is definitely a team that will disappoint this year. Um, you know, unless uh, Maury sends Simmons to Houston and they get hardened. That will be uh Yeah, and see, and then that's all could change <laughs> very right. quickly. By the end of this podcast, we'll have heard uh, you know, some crazy thing, and then we'll have to trash this whole thing. <laughs> Can I just say really quick though? I just saw on my phone, Marco Fultz just signed a three year extension with the magic for fifty million dollars. What does he prove it? Like, I'm not saying he's not gonna be good, but he hasn't been. And fifty million dollars, I mean, I'll take it. I'll I'll take it. I mean, shoot. If you're listening, Orlando, if you want, I can, hey, I can hit free throws. Is all I'm saying. See? See, you want somebody to get to the foul line? Sign out. I'm your guy. Yeah, you're. We're we your guys, man. <laughs> I mean, I'll get blocked and I'll pull a hamstring in the first quarter every game. But listen, when I get to that free throw line, I'll hit more than Markel Fultz. Just saying. money. It's money. Go ahead. Who's your other team? Your other team? Um, my other team, uh, we talked about it very early in this episode. Um, it's going to be Houston Rockets. Um, they're already I, disappointing. Yeah, they're already disappointing. And this might be just an easy out. Um, but, I mean, for me, you lose Russell Westbrook, who is one of the most dynamic, electrifying 
point guards in the NBA, and he completely changes a team. And you're already seeing what he's doing with the Wizards um, in preseason. And you pick up John Wall, and I mean, like we said, John Wall's one of the faster players in the league and one of the fastest we've ever seen in the league, but he's coming off an Achilles injury. And Achilles and I think injury, a knee injury before that. Yeah, it was a knee injury, and then he was playing basketball at home, and then he tore his Achilles. Like you and do. It, yeah, like you do. Um, and for the NBA players, Achilles injuries are extremely hard to come back from. Uh, we, we saw what happened to Kobe in the twilight of his career with uh, Achilles injury, and it really grounded him. And for somebody like John Wall, who's very dependent on his speed and athleticism, that could be hard for the Rockets to overcome. Now, like we said, they, they've picked up Christian Wood. They've picked up Boogie Cousins, which Boogie Cousins is another one whose career has been derailed by injuries. Um, to me, the Rockets could be the ultimate what-if team. What if... What if they stayed? What if they didn't have their current owner and they had their previous owner who was like one of the best owners in the league? What if they had a guy who wasn't just a jerk and forced Mike D'Antoni out and forced everybody out and now James Harden wants out and everyone's talking about like, you know, how much of a jerk James Harden must be. But dude, read between the lines, man. It is that brass. It is that brass because James Harden, as much as, you know, he got into fights with, Chris Paul and stuff and uh, Westbrook and he didn't always see eye to eye. He's generally, you know, he generally cares about winning and losing uh, and he give and he puts it all out there. Um, yeah. And, and with Harden, he's, I mean, and he's somebody that's one of the more quiet guys in the league, believe it yeah. or not. And I mean, if he's, if he's making noise and he's saying he wants out, I mean, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I feel bad for Silas, man. Like his first head coaching gig, he's thinking, Oh, I get the, I, you know, I get a former MVP. Oh, I, I get two former MVPs of the league. And, you know, like, we're just going to run this thing back. And, like, injuries aren't going to be a concern. Like, we're going to we're gonna get in the playoffs. We're going to make a run. And now it's like, who do you have if Harden goes? Like, who are you getting back? So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, yeah, and, and it's going to really depend on where he goes. I mean, right now, I think the leader would obviously be, would be Philly. Um, but then who do you get back from that? Do you get, do you get Embiid? I don't think you get Embiid. I think you, you get, get Simmons. Embiid. You get Simmons. And here's the thing. I think if Simmons is, you know, playing a point four, you know, which is what they should just do in Phoenix. That's mm-hmm. what they should do. Mm-hmm. Like stop with the, you know, we want to make him a point guard, a six foot 10 point guard. Like, have somebody else handle the ball. Get this guy in pick and rolls and ISOs and just let him destroy people because he's an excellent passer. I agree. But he should be doing the Magic Johnson thing. He should be down on the post, you know, and dishing the hell out of it. So the issue with that, though, is you have Embiid, like mm-hmm. the best big man in the league. I don't even think arguably. I think, like, yeah. he's like the second coming um, except way more injury prone, even though he's been better the last two years, of Hakeem Olajuwon. He he is offensively like just just a dirt of like talent. Like he's just amazing. And then defensively, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. So you have to keep Joel Embiid. There's just no there's just no question. Ben Simmons is an all-star, but Embiid's the best player at his position in a league chock full of talent 
So I like it, man. I like it. Yeah. All right. So, and you know what? And I lied to you, man. I did one dark horse. I think. Of course, of course you I, did. I, I fibbed. It's a little fib. I'm sorry. A little white lie. Santa's going to give me coal this year. Um, so my, my pe- exactly. I like it. Take that fuel bills. Um, so <laughs> with that, I'm going to take uh, New Orleans. I don't, I don't think the Pelicans are there yet. And I think I'm not a big Zion fan at all. Um, I think I'm just not, man. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think he's, he's one hell of a dunker. Um, The athleticism off the charts, but to me, that's it. I've just, I've not, I, he doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. He's a terrific facilitator. His offensive rebounding prowess is amazing. Um, and that was just in limited minutes. Can you imagine what happens when they let him go at it? It's true. Like, I'm just telling you, man, like Zion's, Zion's the truth. He's one of the future stars of the league. I, I truly believe that, but I agree with you about the Pelicans. The Pelicans are, we'll get to it, but we'll get to it. Um, so I guess with that, we'll kind of, um, kind of wrap this whole thing up. Um, I've asked Alec to come up. We're going to both do Eastern Western conference. We're going to seed them one through eight. What we think playoffs are going to look like. Then we're just going to say what we think our NBA championship matchups going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start off with the Eastern conference. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go ahead and hear from you. And then you'd take the West and we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, so number one, obviously the bucks. I think Giannis is what? what it's crazy. I think Giannis is clear cut the guy in the Eastern conference and they've, They've got everything to continue to, to dominate there. Um, two, I'm going to take Boston. I think that is a team that continually gets slept on. Just the young athletic prowess on that team. Uh, three, uh, I'm going to take Miami in the heat. They didn't make the uh, NBA title game for nothing. This uh, Four, I've got Toronto. I still think Nick Nurse is one hell of a coach, and they do have a lot of their key pieces coming back. Five, I've got the Nets. Um, I think Katie, Kyrie, that's going to be a little friction early, but I think as the season progresses, you're going to see that smooth out. Um, my disappointing team, I'm going to have the Sixers at, or the 76ers at six. Um, now, granted, if Harden comes in there, I immediately move them up to one or two seed. Um, mm-hmm. Seven, see, seven, eight, and nine for me are hard. Because I feel like there's about three or four teams right on the cusp. But for me, seven, I've got Atlanta. Uh, I do think Hawks have a a godly amount of talent on that team. Time out. Who's your eighth seed? Right now, I've got Washington. So you're saying Indiana's not going to make the playoffs? I don't think Indy's making the playoffs, man. What? No, I don't think they're making the playoffs, man. Are you serious? You're going to... You're gonna. You're like, all right. You're done. You're done with watershed. <laughs> Forget it. Fired <laughs> for all the money I give you. Right. I pay him nothing, by the way. Yeah, I say, wait uh, a minute. <laughs> uh, but no, like I said, there's there's a couple teams that I feel like are right on the outside looking in, and that's Orlando and Indy. Um, and to me, I think just the athleticism between Atlanta and Washington, I think they get the edge. Okay. All right. <laughs> I see where I see where things are. So, I mean, this is contingent. This list right here is contingent on the health of 
uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal because I think I think if their previous injury concerns show through this year, then I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But if they do, like are healthy through the season, I think they could be as high as a sixth seed, just like Atlanta. I think they're right where Atlanta is with two better stars right now. I think Trey Young eventually will be better than both of them, mm-hmm. um, but certainly not right now. So one, Bucks, two, Celtics, three, I have the Nets, um, especially if Kevin Durant, I don't like Kyrie Irving at all, but Steve Nash is my favorite player of all time. He's a head coach. Who's sitting right next to him? Mike Nantoni. Who's sitting right next to him? Amari Stoudemire. Suns, my second favorite team. Well, actually, it goes it goes uh, Pacers 1A, Mavs 1B, and Suns 1C. So um, those are my three teams. So, I mean, I got to root for that. Uh, as far as the Heat go, um, I don't think it matters where they finish because they're a playoff team. Playoff Jimmy is ready to go in the playoffs. And they're going to be the hardest out. It's not going to be Giannis. It's not going to be the Raptors. It's going to be the Heat. And I think I think they're going to finish fourth in the regular season. And then the playoffs, anybody's guess. Uh, five, the Raptors. Um, they lost a little, but I don't think they lost enough um, because the core is still there. Um, Serge and Marcus All are older. Um and the game's kind of transitioning away from, you know, guys like Marcus All, even though Marcus All's excellent and a Hall of Famer. Um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, six, I have a team that you don't even have making the playoffs um, in the Indiana Pacers. There's something called continuity. There's something called a breath of fresh air in the locker room when you talk about a new youthful head coach um, who comes with a pretty good track record of turning teams around. Uh, he coached several teams in the G league um, where basically every single week you have like new players. So, I mean, if you can win in the G league, like I think you can handle the ups and downs of a 72 game regular season. Um, and like I said, not to mention before uh, Nick nurse, uh, he, Worked with him in the G League when Nick Nurse was in the G League. So we'll see how that goes. Number seven, I have the 76ers. And again, I think they could finish anywhere between two and seven. Like anywhere. I don't think they'll be an eight seed unless injuries hit them. Uh, number eight, I have the Hawks. But it's basically between the Hawks and the Wizards. I would say those teams. Um, and I have the Pistons finishing dead last. So... Um, come on, Cade Cunningham. Come on, Cade Cunningham. All right, Western Conference. I'm just going to go through this quick. Number one, Clippers. I think I think, um, I think, think the Lakers are the best team in the West, but I think this year um, they won't run as hard during the regular season because they don't have to. Um, so I'd say Clippers one, Lakers two, your Trailblazers three, um, especially after what they added this off season, um, Robert Covington might be the cure to a lot of their ills. And, 
Uh, Nurkic looked fantastic in the playoffs, and I'm rooting for him. Um, and don't forget little old CJ McCollum. Like that guy's, that guy's a sniper. Um, so after that, I have Nuggets at four. They've lost a lot, actually. Um, I still, though, I mean, they still have their three biggest pieces. Um, so, you know, and by the way, this is where I mentioned Jokic is my other. He's the he's the guy in my top five. Okay. okay. So I like the uh, European international players, if you can't tell. Pascal Siakam, Luka Doncic. <laughs> um, so I think... Fred Van Vliet is the only American. Yeah. Yeah. Went to Wichita state. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after the nuggets, I have the Mavs at five. Um, I think they could fall anywhere from like three to eight, just depending on how injuries go, because Porzingis can be an all-star and then he can be, you know, injury prone. So we'll see how that goes. Then I have Jazz at six. I have the Warriors at seven. And I have the Suns, your Suns, at eight. Rockets fall out of the playoffs if Harden is dealt. If he stays, they fall somewhere between five and eight. Um, Harden's way too good for them to miss the playoffs if he's there. And if he decides he wants to stay, they'll figure it out. Because Harden's just way too good. He might be the best offensive player I've ever seen. Um, that doesn't mean he's fun to watch. That just means right. he's really effective. So go ahead. Let's see. All, right. All right. So I've got uh, one. Let me guess. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me guess. The Lakers don't make the playoffs, right? Damn right. <laughs> LeBron gets shut out. No, yeah, forget it. <laughs> forget it. Um, no, just joking around here. Uh, no, Lakers have got it. One uh, Clippers at two. Um, I've got the Mavs at three. I think you're going to really see Luca take ownership of this team and really take over the NBA if he hasn't already. Um, now for me, this is where it gets dicey because I feel like four through eight for me could really just shuffle. And I mean, West. That's right, West. exactly. And this is a testament how to deep this Western conference is. I'm still going to take Utah at four. I'm still taking Utah at four, Denver at five, Golden State at six. I'm going to take Phoenix at seven, and I'm going to take Portland at eight. Now, like I said, this all can shuffle about, and it all could change at any point. The only reason Portland was at eight last year is because of all the injuries. Right. And that, and, and that, They're a top four team, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And, you know, and it it's very likely. Like I said, I mean... I mean, in the, in West. the West, in the West, yeah. Which and hell, in the NBA, the West is so deep. That's probably a top eight team in the right. league. I just don't think they're better than the Bucks, the Celtics, they, and the Heat. Probably. Okay, that's say. fair. That's fair. So. All right. Um. So then, with that, are you ready for my finals? Let's hear it. All right. Out of the Eastern Conference, big shock, Milwaukee Bucks. Western Conference. This is where it gets a little interesting. Huh? I'm taking the Mavs. Ooh, too early. Too early. Too early. No, man. I'm thinking, I think this is one of those seasons you see the magic of Luka Doncic 
And I think you see an ascension to the elite level of the NBA that just blows the Western Conference wide open. I hope so. I freaking hope. And and, and maybe this is a hopeful choice for me because I'm tired of the same stuff. (laughs) And Rick Carlisle is right up there with Steve Kerr. Uh, I would put him next to Popovich and uh, Nurse. Maybe even throw in, I don't know, Doc Rivers or something. Um, And that guy who coaches in Boston. Um, So he's pretty good. He's he's all right. He's all right. Um, I I mean, he's okay. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, I have bucks in the East. I actually think that like Giannis is going to get past everybody in the East this year. I think he's determined and, um, Drew holiday. Like, I think people were like, wow, look at all the things that the bucks gave up. I mean, but if you're going to be in the Eastern conference finals every single year, what do draft picks matter? And then also who thought that Eric Bledsoe was going to lead, you know, be the field general for a, for a NBA finals team. It wasn't going to happen. Um, and you have Middleton. So you put Middleton holiday and Giannis together. And then that supporting cast they have, um, this could be their year. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for them, there are these two guys named LeBron James and AD. I have the Lakers repeating against the Bucks, but it'll be in six. Okay. Oh, man, you even went to games. Yeah. Damn. I don't know when the next time I'm going to be on this show. I got to, you know, I got to leave it all, you know. Got to leave it all on the line, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've got the Bucks winning it all. Um, If I'm going to throw out a game, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Bucks in six. I, I think if now if it lines up that they line up against the Lakers, I think it's completely different. And I'm with you. I think you see uh, another repeat for the Lakers, and I think you see LeBron make his stake for greatest of all time. So, um, no yeah. one will ever agree with you, but I think, but I think you would have an argument. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time, but the fact is. LeBron James is right there, and mm-hmm. he's a much better person. A much better per, like just a, a much better individual, a much better teammate. I mean, the guy started a school and is sending hundreds of kids from Akron, Ohio, to college who may have not had a shot otherwise. Mm-hmm. So he's also a civil rights leader. Like, give me LeBron James seven days a week. Good father, good husband. Like, you know, if I had kids right now, I would tell them, model yourself after LeBron James. He is legitimately, as much as people like to give him crap, he is legitimately like a model citizen, NBA player, leader, father, everything you could be. Like, he's the guy. So, yeah, sure. Maybe he uh, didn't win five. Not six, not seven, not eight titles in Miami. But we've all been young before. And if I was, you know, 25 years old in that position, like, I'd probably be a little cocky too. So, you know, listen, every expectation that guy has ever had, he's exceeded. Every single one of them. So from 
from the Hummer to, you know, LA to get an AD. I mean, we're watching, we're witnessing, you know, one of the greatest players of all time in any sport. Yeah. No, you, I mean, you nailed it on it. You nailed it on that one, man. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I will expect a call uh, later, maybe near the trade deadline um, for this podcast. So I like it. I like it, man. (laughs) Um, So yeah, man, I, it's going to be to wrap. I mean, to really wrap everything up, it's going to be a very interesting season. Uh, The shortened season starting late because of COVID. Uh, We don't know what's going to happen as the season progresses, but, I feel like this is going to, again, going to be a very unique season. Um, and I'm just ready for some NBA basketball to be back. I mean, it was, I mean, it was just here, but I mean, I'm ready for it to start back up again, man. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. It really is. <laughs> um, so with that, um, I don't have really any too much else. Uh, Alec, do you have anything or. I just want to end with this. Uh, Subscribe to watershedvoice.com. Um, like, follow, listen to this podcast regularly because these guys, Jordan and Lane, are doing tremendous work. And thirdly, hashtag Luca Magic. Mic drop. I, mic drop. So with that, I, that's that's a perfect close. So with that, guys, uh, have a very happy holidays. Jordan and I will be back on January 6th, which some breaking news today. Sounds like we're going to have some high school football coming back. Uh, so we're going to be doing talking that, recapping those matchups. And uh, we'll be back, like I said, January 6th. So with that, go green. Fire up chips. Oh. <laughs> and then I ended it perfectly again. You, man, I'm you, great. You, you, you're, you're made for this, man. You're made I, for this podcast. It's almost like I have another podcast. Right? It's almost like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep your voice down. We're going to be coming back very soon as well. So keep your eye out for that.